section nine of state of the union addresses eighteen twenty nine to eighteen thirty six this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org andrew jackson december fourth eighteen thirty two part two it is my painful duty to state that in one quarter of the united states opposition to the revenue laws has arisen to a height which threatens to thwart their execution if not to endanger the integrity of the union whatever obstructions may be thrown in the way of the judicial authorities of the general government it is hoped they will be able peaceably to overcome them by the prudence of their own officers and the patriotism of the people but should this reasonable reliance on the moderation and good sense of all portions of our fellow-citizens be disappointed it is believed that the laws themselves are fully adequate to the suppression of such attempts as may be immediately made should the exigency arise rendering the execution of the existing laws impracticable from any cause whatever prompt notice of it will be given to congress with a suggestion of such views and measures as may be deemed necessary to meet it in conformity with principles heretofore explained and with the hope of reducing the general government to that simple machine which the constitution created and of withdrawing from the states all other influence than that of its universal beneficence in preserving peace affording an uniform currency maintaining the inviolability of contracts diffusing intelligence and discharging unfelt its other superintending functions i recommend that provision be made to dispose of all stocks now held by it in corporations whether created by the general or state governments and placing the proceeds in the treasury as a source of profit these stocks are of little or no value as a means of influence among the states they are adverse to the purity of our institutions the whole principle on which they are based is deemed by many unconstitutional and to persist in the policy which they indicate is considered wholly inexpedient it is my duty to acquaint you with an arrangement made by the bank of the united states with a portion of the holders of the three per cent stock by which the government will be deprived of the use of the public funds longer than was anticipated by this arrangement which will be particularly explained by the secretary of the treasury a surrender of the certificates of this stock may be postponed until october eighteen thirty three and thus may be continued by the failure of the bank to perform its duties such measures as are within the reach of the secretary of the treasury have been taken to enable him to judge whether the public deposits in that institution may be regarded as entirely safe but as his limited power may prove inadequate to this object i recommend the subject to the attention of congress under the firm belief that it is worthy of their serious investigation an inquiry into the transactions of the institution embracing the branches as well as the principal bank seems called for by the credit which is given throughout the country to many serious charges impeaching its character and which if true may justly excite the apprehension that it is no longer a safe depository of the money of the people 
among the interests which merit the consideration of congress after the payment of the public debt one of the most important in my view is that of the public lands previous to the formation of our present constitution it was recommended by congress that a portion of the waste lands owned by the states should be ceded to the united states for the purposes of general harmony and as a fund to meet the expenses of the war the recommendation was adopted and at different periods of time the states of massachusetts new york virginia north and south carolina and georgia granted their vacant soil for the uses for which they had been asked as the lands may now be considered as relieved from this pledge it is in the discretion of congress to dispose of them in such way as best to conduce to the quiet harmony and general interest of the american people in examining this question all local and sectional feelings should be discarded and the whole united states regarded as one people interested alike in the prosperity of their common country it cannot be doubted that the speedy settlement of these lands constitutes the true interest of the republic the wealth and strength of a country are its population and the best part of that population are cultivators of the soil independent farmers are everywhere the basis of society and true friends of liberty in addition to these considerations questions have already arisen and may be expected hereafter to grow out of the public lands which involve the rights of the new states and the powers of the general government and unless a liberal policy be now adopted there is danger that these questions may speedily assume an importance not now generally anticipated the influence of a great sectional interest when brought into full action will be found more dangerous to the harmony and union of the states than any other cause of discontent and it is the part of wisdom and sound policy to foresee its approaches and endeavor if possible to counteract them of the various schemes which have been hitherto proposed in regard to the disposal of the public lands none has yet received the entire approbation of the national legislature deeply impressed with the importance of a speedy and satisfactory arrangement of the subject i deem it my duty on this occasion to urge it upon your consideration and to the propositions which have been heretofore suggested by others to contribute those reflections which have occurred to me in the hope that they may assist you in your future deliberations it seems to me to be our policy that the public lands shall cease as soon as practicable to be a source of revenue and that they be sold to settlers in limited parcels at a price barely sufficient to reimburse to the united states the expense of the present system and the cost arising under our indian compacts the advantages of accurate surveys and undoubted titles now secured to purchasers seem to forbid the abolition of the present system because none can be substituted which will more perfectly accomplish these important ends it is desirable however that in convenient time this machinery be withdrawn from the states and that the right of soil and the future disposition of it be surrendered to the states respectively in which it lies the adventurous and hardy population of the west besides contributing their equal share of taxation under our impost system have in the progress of our government for the lands they occupy paid into the treasury a large 
proportion of forty million dollars and of the revenue received therefrom but a small part has been expended among them when to the disadvantage of their situation in this respect we add the consideration that it is their labor alone which gives real value to the lands and that the proceeds arising from their sale are distributed chiefly among states which had not originally any claim to them and which have enjoyed the undivided emolument arising from the sale of their own lands it cannot be expected that the new states will remain longer contented with the present policy after the payment of the public debt to avert the consequences which may be apprehended from this cause to put an end for ever to all partial and interested legislation on the subject and to afford to every american citizen of enterprise the opportunity of securing an independent freehold it seems to me therefore best to abandon the idea of raising a future revenue out of the public lands in former messages i have expressed my conviction that the constitution does not warrant the application of the funds of the general government to objects of internal improvement which are not national in their character and both as a means of doing justice to all interests and putting an end to a course of legislation calculated to destroy the purity of the government have urged the necessity of reducing the whole subject to some fixed and certain rule as there never will occur a period perhaps more propitious than the present to the accomplishment of this object i beg leave to press the subject again upon your attention without some general and well-defined principles ascertaining those objects of internal improvement to which the means of the nation may be constitutionally applied it is obvious that the exercise of the power can never be satisfactory besides the danger to which it exposes congress of making hasty appropriations to works of the character of which they may be frequently ignorant it promotes a mischievous and corrupting influence upon elections by holding out to the people the fallacious hope that the success of a certain candidate will make navigable their neighboring creek or river bring commerce to their doors and increase the value of their property it thus favors combinations to squander the treasure of the country upon a multitude of local objects as fatal to just legislation as to the purity of public men if a system compatible with the constitution cannot be devised which is free from such tendencies we should recollect that that instrument provides within itself the mode of its amendment and that there is therefore no excuse for the assumption of doubtful powers by the general government if those which are clearly granted shall be found incompetent to the ends of its creation it can at any time apply for their enlargement and there is no probability that such an application if founded on the public interest will ever be refused if the propriety of the proposed grant be not sufficiently apparent to command the assent of three-fourths of the states the best possible reason why the power should not be assumed on doubtful authority is afforded for if more than one quarter of the states are unwilling to make the grant its exercise will be productive of discontents which will far overbalance any advantages that could be derived from it all must admit that there is nothing so worthy of the constant solicitude of this government as the harmony and union of the people being solemnly impressed with the conviction that the extension of the power to make internal improvements beyond the limit i have suggested even 
if it be deemed constitutional is subversive of the best interests of our country i earnestly recommend to congress to refrain from its exercise in doubtful cases except in relation to improvements already begun unless they shall first procure from the states such an amendment of the constitution as will define its character and prescribe its bounds if the states feel themselves competent to these objects why should this government wish to assume the power if they do not then they will not hesitate to make the grant both governments are the governments of the people improvements must be made with the money of the people and if the money can be collected and applied by those more simple and economical political machines the state governments it will unquestionably be safer and better for the people than to add to the splendor the patronage and the power of the general government but if the people of the several states think otherwise they will amend the constitution and in their decision all ought cheerfully to acquiesce for a detailed and highly satisfactory view of the operations of the war department i refer you to the accompanying report of the secretary of war the hostile incursions of the sac and fox indians necessarily led to the interposition of the government a portion of the troops under general scott and atkinson and of the militia of the state of illinois were called into the field after a harassing warfare prolonged by the nature of the country and by the difficulty of procuring subsistence the indians were entirely defeated and the disaffected band dispersed or destroyed the result has been creditable to the troops engaged in the service severe as is the lesson to the indians it was rendered necessary by their unprovoked aggressions and it is to be hoped that its impression will be permanent and salutary this campaign has evinced the efficient organization of the army and its capacity for prompt and active service its several departments have performed their functions with energy and dispatch and the general movement was satisfactory our fellow-citizens upon the frontiers were ready as they always are in the tender of their services in the hour of danger but a more efficient organization of our militia system is essential to that security which is one of the principal objects of all governments neither our situation nor our institutions require or permit the maintenance of a large regular force history offers too many lessons of the fatal result of such a measure not to warn us against its adoption here the expense which attends it the obvious tendency to employ it because it exists and thus to engage in unnecessary wars and its ultimate danger to public liberty will lead us i trust to place our principal dependence for protection upon the great body of the citizens of the republic if in asserting rights or in repelling wrongs war should come upon us our regular force should be increased to an extent proportional to the emergency and our present small army is a nucleus around which such force could be formed and embodied but for the purposes of defence under ordinary circumstances we must rely upon the electors of the country those by whom and for whom the government was instituted and is supported will constitute its protection in the hour of danger as they do its check in the hour of safety but it is obvious that the militia system is imperfect much time is lost much unnecessary expense incurred and much public property wasted under the present arrangement 
little useful knowledge is gained by the musters and drills as now established and the whole subject evidently requires a thorough examination whether a plan of classification remedying these defects and providing for a system of instruction might not be adopted is submitted to the consideration of congress the constitution has vested in the general government an independent authority upon the subject of the militia which renders its action essential to the establishment or improvement of the system and i recommend the matter to your consideration in the conviction that the state of this important arm of the public defence requires your attention i am happy to inform you that the wise and humane policy of transferring from the eastern to the western side of the mississippi the remnants of our aboriginal tribes with their own consent and upon just terms has been steadily pursued and is approaching i trust its consummation by reference to the report of the secretary of war and to the documents submitted with it you will see the progress which has been made since your last session in the arrangement of the various matters connected with our indian relations with one exception every subject involving any question of conflicting jurisdiction or of peculiar difficulty has been happily disposed of and the conviction evidently gains ground among the indians that their removal to the country assigned by the united states for their permanent residence furnishes the only hope of their ultimate prosperity with that portion of the cherokees however living within the state of georgia it has been found impracticable as yet to make a satisfactory adjustment such was my anxiety to remove all the grounds of complaint and to bring to a termination the difficulties in which they are involved that i directed the very liberal propositions to be made to them which accompany the documents herewith submitted they cannot but have seen in these offers the evidence of the strongest disposition on the part of the government to deal justly and liberally with them an ample indemnity was offered for their present possessions a liberal provision for their future support and improvement and full security for their private and political rights whatever difference of opinion may have prevailed respecting the just claims of these people there will probably be none respecting the liberality of the propositions and very little respecting the expediency of their immediate acceptance they were however rejected and thus the position of these indians remains unchanged as do the views communicated in my message to the senate of february twenty second eighteen thirty one i refer you to the annual report of the secretary of the navy which accompanies this message for a detail of the operations of that branch of the service during the present year besides the general remarks on some of the transactions of our navy presented in the view which has been taken of our foreign relations i seize this occasion to invite to your notice the increased protection which it has afforded to our commerce and citizens on distant seas without any augmentation of the force in commission in the gradual improvement of its pecuniary concerns in the constant progress in the collection of materials suitable for use during future emergencies and in the construction of vessels and the buildings necessary to their preservation and repair the present state of this branch of the service exhibits the fruits of that vigilance and care which are so indispensable to its efficiency 
various new suggestions contained in the annexed report as well as others heretofore to congress are worthy of your attention but none more so than that urging the renewal for another term of six years of the general appropriation for the gradual improvement of the navy from the accompanying report of the postmaster-general you will also perceive that that department continues to extend its usefulness without impairing its resources or lessening the accommodations which it affords in the secure and rapid transportation of the mail i beg leave to call the attention of congress to the views heretofore expressed in relation to the mode of choosing the president and vice-president of the united states and to those respecting the tenure of office generally still impressed with the justness of those views and with the belief that the modifications suggested on those subjects if adopted will contribute to the prosperity and harmony of the country i earnestly recommend them to your consideration at this time i have heretofore pointed out defects in the law for punishing official frauds especially within the district of columbia it has been found almost impossible to bring notorious culprits to punishment and according to a decision of the court for this district a prosecution is barred by a lapse of two years after the fraud has been committed it may happen again as it has already happened that during the whole two years all the evidences of the fraud may be in the possession of the culprit himself however proper the limitation may be in relation to private citizens it would seem that it ought not to commence running in favor of public officers until they go out of office the judiciary system of the united states remains imperfect of the nine western and southwestern states three only enjoy the benefits of a circuit court ohio kentucky and tennessee are embraced in the general system but indiana illinois missouri alabama mississippi and louisiana have only district courts if the existing system be a good one why should it not be extended if it be a bad one why is it suffered to exist the new states were promised equal rights and privileges when they came into the union and such are the guarantees of the constitution nothing can be more obvious than the obligation of the general government to place all the states on the same footing in relation to the administration of justice and i trust this duty will be neglected no longer on many of the subjects to which your attention is invited in this communication it is a source of gratification to reflect that the steps to be now adopted are uninfluenced by the embarrassments entailed upon the country by the wars through which it has passed in regard to most of our great interests we may consider ourselves as just starting in our career and after a salutary experience about to fix upon a permanent basis the policy best calculated to promote the happiness of the people and facilitate their progress toward the most complete enjoyment of civil liberty on an occasion so interesting and important in our history and of such anxious concern to the friends of freedom throughout the world it is our imperious duty to lay aside all selfish and local considerations and be guided by a lofty spirit of devotion to the great principles on which our institutions are founded 
that this government may be so administered as to preserve its efficiency in promoting and securing these general objects should be the only aim of our ambition and we cannot therefore too carefully examine its structure in order that we may not mistake its powers or assume those which the people have reserved to themselves or have preferred to assign to other agents we should bear constantly in mind the fact that the considerations which induced the framers of the constitution to withhold from the general government the power to regulate the great mass of the business and concerns of the people have been fully justified by experience and that it cannot now be doubted that the genius of all our institutions prescribes simplicity and economy as the characteristics of the reform which is yet to be effected in the present and future execution of the functions bestowed upon us by the constitution limited to a general superintending power to maintain peace at home and abroad and to prescribe laws on a few subjects of general interest not calculated to restrict human liberty but to enforce human rights this government will find its strength and its glory in the faithful discharge of these plain and simple duties relieved by its protecting shield from the fear of war and the apprehension of oppression the free enterprise of our citizens aided by the state sovereignties will work out improvements and ameliorations which cannot fail to demonstrate that the great truth that the people can govern themselves is not only realized in our example but that it is done by a machinery in government so simple and economical as scarcely to be felt that the almighty ruler of the universe may so direct our deliberations and overrule our acts as to make us instrumental in securing a result so dear to mankind is my most earnest and sincere prayer end of section nine